Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, where we explore the leading practices that have emerged in Vizient's PI Collaboratives. I'm Lindsay Mayer, Senior Director at Vizient. In this podcast, we'll discuss the emerging practices identified in Vizient's Patient Transitions to Post-Acute Care Collaborative. It's estimated that 40% of all Medicare patients go into post-acute care, and of those, nearly 23% are readmitted to the hospital within 30 days. Part of the collaborative's focus is to help mitigate that problem. ProHealthCare is one of the participants working to develop solutions to reduce those readmissions. We have a multidisciplinary all-cause readmission team, and sepsis is one of the cohorts within that team. Heidi Young is one of the senior quality project managers assigned to ProHealth's sepsis project. The sepsis team is changing their focus. Historically, we only focused within those four walls of the hospital on sepsis care. We shifted our thought process to more along the continuum of care and looking for anywhere along that continuum that a patient could potentially develop sepsis or where they're discharged to following an acute care stay. We do know that patients that are discharged to post-acute facilities really do have a higher acuity and greater chance of readmission. We're looking for any of those opportunities that may have been identified along the way where we could have prevented that at readmission. We'll also be looking closely at the transitions of care for those short-term rehab stays. You know, was ProHealthCare notified, whether that was through our vendor where we receive notifications or manual notifications? And were we able to conduct our transitional care management calls and and get the patient seen in a timely manner? That's Jessica Zercher. She's Director of Continuum Care at ProHealthCare and co-leads their post-acute network with one of their internists, Dr. William Cooper. They work closely with their partners to streamline patient transitions from hospital to post-acute settings. Patients definitely don't get the same amount of attention in a post-acute setting that they would in an acute setting. For example, vitals aren't taken every shift. If they're long-term care, vitals may only be taken monthly or with a change in condition. A key selling point for patients is that they can sleep through the night once they transition to that post-acute setting. Even though the skilled nursing facilities allow patients a better night's sleep, they're still monitored for disease and infections such as sepsis. In 2018, ProHealth partnered with several skilled nursing facilities in their area to work on sepsis transitions. With the 2018 Collaborative, our focus had been on sharing best practices, and there are a lot of best practices for sepsis. Everything from videos and tests for your teams and slide decks and all kinds of training materials, but all of them sat on a shelf. Even so, sepsis remained a top readmitting diagnosis for their post-acute patients. Analysis of the final coded primary diagnosis reveals sepsis is by far the leading readmitting cause, followed by heart failure and COPD. It was clear that giving the facilities tools and practices wasn't enough. They needed to help them implement and operationalize it, and they needed to become their partners in this work. To help fix the shortcomings of their earlier plan, ProHealth joined the Patient Transitions to Post-Acute Care Collaborative in June of 2021. During their kickoff call with the facilities, they discussed how to build their case, acknowledging their prior attempts, including the tools they provided, but without implementing them, and lastly, emphasizing the need for implementation and sustainability. 
Our plans were developed in collaboration, not only with our facility partners, but also with our medical directors. And then, as Heidi mentioned, our internal sepsis team. So it feels like we've taken the right steps to operationalize this. It all feels very collaborative and connected. Part of the plan to improve infection prevention is monitoring fluids for sepsis-vulnerable patients. A proper level of fluids helps keep the blood pressure from dropping dangerously low, which could cause shock. It also helps the organs to function properly, and it may reduce the damage caused by sepsis. We worked as a group to develop the details around how to really operationalize that hydration prevention strategy. We wanted to really understand how often they do rounds, you know, how did they provide water pitchers to those patients, making sure they were filled. So all those details around that plan, we really want to understand how the facilities went about doing that. Another piece of that was how could we easily identify which patients would really benefit from additional hydration? And one of the facilities had shared how they used a blue dot within their facility to do this. They placed a blue dot on the door jam and that singled out that patient needed some additional hydration for them. But there was some other facilities that were actually a little bit worried about that. They felt it was an infringement on the HIPAA. And so they were hesitant about being able to implement that. Intuitively, we didn't think that the blue dot would do that, but we wanted to acknowledge our partner's fears and address it. So we contacted the state board directly. Fortunately, we had established relationships with the state surveyors related to a prior project. That allowed us to leverage those relationships so we could quickly get our question answered. They emailed us back pretty quickly that this would not be something that would cause a citation and that we could move forward. So once we confirmed that it would be no chance of citation, it really was a low-cost preventive intervention that all facilities really bought into it. And once that was removed, we really had no issues with them buying into it. The hydration efforts is just one example of several ProHealth's preventive interventions. They also include monitoring vital signs, lab work, good nutrition, SBAR documentation, and root cause analysis when there's a sepsis-related readmission. We also have, in many of these facilities, embedded medical directors and APPs, so advanced practice practitioners. And so those folks are a part of this planning process and will help support the local teams. And then when there is a sepsis-related readmission, we intend to do the root cause analyses and work with them to see how they implemented the plan It's all part of their plan to build on the evidence-based best practices. They have the guidelines, they have the support, and to sustain this practice, they will have the follow-up. We plan to give it about 60, 90 days and then connect to see how things are going, take a look at our data. Then we intend to spread across the post-acute network. Knowing that we're going to have a follow-up call within 90 days to meet as a team and talk about what the challenges and barriers are, we feel that, too, will keep it at the forefront. In addition to looking at the facility, we'll also be looking at ourselves to make sure that we're following through on our transitions of care. If the patient was identified, were we able to make that phone call, that interactive phone call to help bridge the transition from the short-term rehab state back to ambulatory? We feel that we have a good operational plan going forward and we're excited to kick it off. We're excited to come alongside the different facilities and help them be able to implement this. So we're excited to see where this will lead with them and be able to spread it to other organizations. Our thanks to Heidi and Jessica for sharing their story. 
And thanks to you for listening. Please join us for more Knowledge on the Go. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments at picollaboratives at vizianinc.com. From Vizian's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Lindsay Mayer. Remember, knowledge is transformational. Share it. Share it.